Hello and welcome back to the Ball Report Show. I'm Ryan Sylvia of VolReport.com on the Rivals Network. And with the third Saturday of October right around the corner, no better time than to be joined by Tony Sukalis of Tide Illustrated on the Rivals Network to get us prepared for this Tide team that Tennessee is facing. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. That's good. First question for you. Ask this to everyone that we talk with. What is the general kind of vibe around the fan base and the team right now at this point in the year? One loss to Texas, undefeated in SEC play. Are people satisfied or is there a disappointment that that one loss is in there? I think people are just confused by this Alabama team. When you look at it, you don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, they haven't blown anyone out. Um, they're still atop the SEC West, so you can't be too negative about them. And then, uh, you know, they're just coming off of a 24 to 21 win against Arkansas. And that just totally sums up their season because it, it, at one point you thought they were going to blow them out, you know, and sometimes Alabama looks like it's a total contender. And then sometimes it just hits a wall and doesn't look like it can contend for anything. And you're in, and you start wondering, how does this team only have one loss, you know? But um, I think the overall, I guess, vibe going into this game is I think, I think Alabama fans and, and the team itself, and it, they they know that this team can be good, but the question of is like what what's going to show up, you know? I mean, what you know, what Jalen Milrow is going to show up? Is the running game going to be able to be consistent? Um, I mean, the defense has been consistent, but everything else has been a mess. And then that pass protection, I think, heading into this game against a team like Tennessee that can really get after the passer. That's not a good mix with with the way Alabama's been pass blocking. So I think I think there's a little bit of worry about that, um, and I think you mix in a little bit of a uh, redemption. I don't think Alabama's really been talking about it, but from the fan base and I'm sure within the team, they want to get back and uh, kind of avenge last year's loss in Knoxville. Yeah, you just touched on it. It do you sense around the program any sort of kind of this one means a little bit more with what happened last year, or has it been kind of kind of back to business uh we're we're just going to get this done to like every other game because we saw with tennessee against south carolina obviously a big loss last year to the gamecocks but the whole week tennessee did not let anything come out about this one meaning more this one being extra it was this is just any other game yeah i think it has to mean more and i think you know alabama players are not necessarily going to say it does but you look at it these these people they don't remember a time before last year when they lost to Tennessee. They don't remember a time when Alabama lost to Tennessee. You know, they're just little kids. I did a story uh, last year heading into this game about what these kids were doing. They were like trick-or-treating and, you know, like no, nobody, you know, they were all dressing up as like pirates and Spider-Man <laughs> and stuff. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't, you know, they didn't have any comprehension of this rivalry. And I don't think they really knew what this rivalry was until last year. You know, it just was a, you know, it was that game that you smoked a, cig a cigar at the end, you know. Um, and, and now it's a lot different when you see the other team smoking a cigar um, and you start hearing about it from the fan base. And, and and also that, you know, game you just took for granted. Now you're the only person that's lost to Tennessee, you know, in your memory, you know. So um, I, I think that that means a lot. It means a lot to the I think to the Alabama players, especially. Um, so. Uh, I think it's been good for the rivalry that, that Alabama lost last year because it, it kind of rejuvenates things. And this was kind of becoming just a, a, a rivalry based on tradition. And, and you know, we, we do this because, you know, our 
ancestors did this kind of thing, but it didn't really mean anything. And now I think it means something again. I think you, you need to have a little bit of hostility. And I think, you know, they haven't really shown it too much, but I think it's probably there. And it's definitely there in the fan base too. The scheduling for the SEC now is a little bit different. Next year, it's the one permanent rival, and then everyone else is on the rotation. We'll see if they switch up for the six and three schedule. If they do make the change, in your opinion, how important is it that this rivalry is one of the three for Alabama, or is it a game where there's maybe other priorities that you would rather have uh, as I think, a rival? Yeah, I think this has to be the priority number two for Alabama after the Iron Bowl. You have to have an Iron Bowl. Just yeah. don't even have a season if you don't have the Iron Bowl. But um, I don't like the seven plus one model just because I can't imagine not having it an Alabama-Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, I think LSU would probably be third on that list, but um, did the, I think even LSU is far below Tennessee and and um, Auburn. So yeah, it, it, it's high on, on the priority list, and I just I don't want to imagine a college football where you lose games like this. It, it's just yeah. this this is the reason why college football is fun. It's not necessarily. For the playoff, I know the playoff is fun, but like you, you always get these kind of games, and, and this game will always matter, no matter how good Alabama is and how good Tennessee is. You know, I mean, there's been times where during that stretch of Alabama wins, if Tennessee had beaten Alabama, it, it would have saved their season, no matter what. They could have won one game, and that would have been the game. I, I think that's, you know, if, if you try to make things into too much of a pro model, which I think is what college football is going to, you lose that. You know. I don't, you know, the Bears and the Packers are rivals, but I don't necessarily think it makes the Bears season if they beat the Packers one time in a season. But it really would, you know, and and it's the same way with Alabama. If Alabama gets to a point where, I mean, it's not going to happen with Nick Saban, but if it gets to a point where they're struggling a lot, beating Tennessee might save its season, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I I just think you got to have those kind of games and just with the cigars and, you know, third Saturday in October. I, I even didn't like it when they, I think, was it during COVID? They had to change the week and it wasn't on yeah. the third Saturday. Yeah. So that was even kind of too weird for me. So maybe I'm just a traditionalist, but this is this is a great rivalry and it, it really needs to stay. Yeah, I was looking back when that schedule came out because theoretically, if they stuck with the one permanent rival, next year Tennessee would play Alabama, but the year after, that wouldn't be on the schedule, which is just crazy to think about. I looked back, I forget the exact date, but I think it was like World War II was the last time these teams didn't play each other. It was something crazy like that. And it's like, there's just no way that you can get rid of some of these games. But it's been a topic of discussion kind of around Tennessee is what three would it be because you have a few. Uh, Vanderbilt's the obvious one just because in-state you kind of have to keep it even though it's not really a ferocious back-and-forth rivalry. And then the discussion kind of goes between, well, what two of these three would it be, Alabama, Florida, or Kentucky? I think Alabama would definitely, for most of the fan base, be that number two game that they would fight to keep because, well, for a lot of them, the number one game, but you're not going to get around the Vanderbilt game. But let's talk about the game that we have coming up this Saturday. I want to talk about Jalen Milrow. Kind of what's the confidence level in him? There was that kind of quarterback controversy heading into the season. It felt like for a while Milrow was going to be the guy. He ultimately wins the job. And then there was kind of that weird period where I don't know if it's fair to say he lost the starting job, but they kind of kept the tryout going. And now it's Jalen Milrow's team. But kind of what's the confidence level around him and kind of what's he excelling at? And then what does he need to improve at to kind of take that next step? The confidence level in the team is probably higher than the confidence level for, you know, when, when you look at the, what the fan base might think of Jalen Milrow. 
Um, but I, I think with, with Jalen Miro, like you just got to know what he, he does, what he does. He can make plays with his feet. He's got a big arm and he's really good at the deep ball. You know, I was breaking down him and Joe Milton and Joe Milton probably has a stronger arm, but he struggled with the deep ball. And that's something that Jalen Miro has done really well. Now, when it comes to intermediate passes, he's been hit or miss. He makes some mistakes. Um, he holds onto the ball too long, stares down his receivers at times, and those can turn into turnovers. Um, you know, I think some of the sacks, a lot of that's on Alabama's offensive line, but a lot of them are on Jalen Milrow, you know, and I'd almost say it was it was like half or something. I know uh, pro football focus, it does the accredited sacks and they have 19 of Alabama's 31 sacks are credited not to the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, so only 19 are the supporting cast, the linemen, the, 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 the tight ends and such. So um, that means that 12 of them are on Milrow or the other quarterback. So I. I, that actually wouldn't be surprising for me just because I think, uh, you know, he, there are some times where he holds onto the ball too long and he can't do that against a Tennessee. Um, but I mean, like I said, he, he's got his moments where he's doing really well. It, it looked like he was going to have a second straight 300 yard game against Arkansas. And then second half, he, he did almost absolutely nothing. So um, inconsistencies, a, a lot of that has to do with pass blocking, but a lot of it has to do with his decision-making as well. Um I think he's kind of in a similar boat to Joe Milton. You know, I, I think that's kind of like what you should look at him as, you know, a guy that can make plays uh, both with his feet and with his arm, but ultimately not the most consistent passer. You touched on that pass blocking kind of deficiencies and how that's hurt uh, Jalen Milrow, but also how it's kind of on him. Do you think this offensive line is prepared to deal with this Tennessee defense that, not only has a lot of guys that have had a lot of success in that front four, but defense coordinator Tim Banks has not been afraid to bring some linebackers and defensive backs from the second and third level to really put a lot of pressure on teams' pass protection. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're prepared. They weren't prepared for Texas A&M, and they, you know, they got that job done. I, I would be absolutely shocked, no matter the outcome. I'll, I'll pick Alabama to win if, if we do that later on in this show, but. I, I, it doesn't matter. I, I would be very confident that Tennessee gets four or more sacks against Alabama. That's just like become a certainty now since uh, since the Texas game. So it's been six straight games. Alabama's had four or more sacks. It's definitely not ending this week against Tennessee. They're, they're going to get after it. And there's nothing to, to show me that anything would change this week. So, yeah, they're going to bring some players. They're going to get to Jalen Milrow. Um Alabama is struggling at the left tackle position. Caden Proctor and Elijah Pritchard are splitting time there. And all five of the sacks against Arkansas, uh, they were responsible for them. Um, Three for Elijah Pritchard, two for Caden Proctor. So, um, yeah, it's it's not pretty. And it's uh, it's definitely something that Alabama should be concerned about against a team like Tennessee that can really get after the quarterback. What does Alabama's run game look like this year? How much success have they have? Obviously, you you lose Gibbs, but you still have McClellan. Kind of, what's their success been on the ground? Yeah, it's actually been pretty good. I, I like what they have with the running backs, and that's one of the positives you can take from the Arkansas game, where they had four backs that all had rushes of ten or more yards. Um, it's Jason McClellan is the the starter. Um, you know he. he you know, it was more Gibbs last year, but McClellan had a lot of, you know, that's somebody that Tennessee fans will be familiar with. Roydell Williams is kind of another senior back that he can be kind of streaky at times and he can kind of fall off, but he, he's like a hard runner, small, compact guy. And then you've got Jam Miller, who's a, a sophomore, just an up and coming person. Somebody you, you saw had like four, four rushes for 
uh, 40 yards against Arkansas. He, I, I'm surprised he hasn't played more, and I think he can maybe develop you know, more of a role moving forward. And then Justice Haynes is the top back in this year's class. Um, hasn't had much of an opportunity, but in his little bit of reps that he's had, he, he's shown some some promise. So kind of like with Jan Miller, he's a guy that can kind of maybe extend his role. Um, but some of that from Alabama's standpoint is they can't have penalties that put him in the first and 15 or get a sack on first down because that really kind of limits what you can do in the running game. Um, you, you can't be running the ball at, on second and 15 all the time because then you're going to set up a long third down. So uh, when Alabama is able to get its run game going, it, it can really rely on it. But there's other factors that play into that that you know they've got to take care of. On the other side of the ball, run defense for Alabama. Tennessee has just dominated the ground. They gashed Texas A&M all game. How prepared is an Alabama defense to stop a team that wants to run the ball? And it's starting to get obvious when they're going to run the ball. Yeah, so in with, with Tennessee, it makes it a little bit more challenging, though, because they put the receivers so out wide. You don't necessarily have that help from the secondary, you know, where sometimes you can kind of gang tackle a guy. A lot of times with the way Tennessee runs their offense, you're you're left with a linebacker that has to make a one-on-one tackle. I think Alabama's got a great linebacker to handle a team like Tennessee and Deontay Lawson. Um, he's somebody that kind of struggled against the Vols last year, but I, I think he's improved. He's kind of the heart of the defense, and he's a guy that um, is going to be able to make those tackles in open space and also get to people. You know, if, if he has to go sideline to sideline, he can do that. He's very athletic. Um, out, they've also got some some sturdy guys up front and Jaheim Otis, Tim Keenan, the thirds, a, a big bodied guy that, um, you know, is going to help in the run game. Um, Cause you, you really also lean on your defensive line against teams like Tennessee as well. Uh, I think both of those guys can, can do a lot of damage in the uh, against the run defense, but obviously Tennessee runs the ball really well. I, I expect them to get their due on the, on the ground. And, you know, there's only so much you can do to control it. I, I think Alabama will be able to, control it better than most teams but it's still really hard to stop this team on the ground yeah it's tough to kind of stack a box when you have two receivers on both sides of the sideline it's they're over there in the Sahara Desert yeah yeah Yeah, so yeah it's tough pass defense wise Joe Milton hasn't been great to this point that's not a secret for me a big issue too is the wide receivers have taken a big step back uh i joked earlier in the year when when i was talking about this game i was like alabama fans you can take a deep breath jalen hyatt is not here he's not there to to torture secondary but it's been a big drop off since hyatt and since tillman have gone and now brew mccoy is out you're, you're kind of getting thin at wide receiver they haven't been able to create a lot of separation when they have we've seen guys like ramel keaton just flat out not be able to hold on to the ball so it hasn't been the most dangerous pass attack, but it's still obviously something that you need to worry about when you're playing Tennessee. What does the secondary look like for Alabama? What does the pass rush look like? How do you think that stacks up? Well, Alabama's right behind Tennessee when it comes to pass rush, and they've got you know a good duo in, in their own in uh, Dallas Turner and in Chris Braswell. That's right up there as one of the nation's best pass duos. Pass rushing duos, sorry. Um, and so they're going to get after the quarterback as well. And then I think that puts that works – that puts the pressure on somebody like Milton, and then he's going to have to make tough throws against the secondary that has Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry and Arnold, Caleb Downs. Uh, we'll, we'll see about Malachi Moore's status if he's able to come back. But it's a really talented um, secondary as well. And so I think that, you know, it, they didn't force any turnovers against Arkansas, but it definitely it's, it's one that can force turnovers, especially with the pressure they create 
um, in the front seven. Um, uh, that's this has been the strength of Alabama is, is, you know, forcing teams into mistakes and then being able to punish them with their secondary. Uh, it's, it's, there's one thing Alabama has done really well. It's been um, on defense. And I, I think especially in terms of what they're able to do to opposing passers, uh, whether it's pressuring them or limiting, you know, limiting them through the air. Um, it's going to be a tough day for Milton. Um, I think Tennessee is going to have to rely on its ground game to kind of open things up for its passing game. If we flash back to last season's game, down the stretch, Alabama had a chance to at least put in three more points with Will Reichard and kind of at the very least maybe force an overtime, if not simply at that point, win the game. He misses, but since then he has been automatic, and he has been kind of that rare, really clutch kicker for Alabama, one that we kind of haven't seen for the Crimson Tide in a while Tennessee fans like to take their jabs at him for that miss, but can you just talk about kind of his production and how reliable he's been this year? He's the best kicker in Alabama history. He's the best kicker in maybe SEC history. I mean, he's robotically good. He had that Mm -hmm. perfect season in 2020. He's perfect now. You know, it's hard to say anyone's going to stay perfect. I would doubt that he stays perfect. Um, and maybe Tennessee can hope that he misses again in, in another clutch situation, but it, you can't really fault him for that. I, I, you know, I heard somebody ask me um, something about like, oh, did Alabama fans give him a hard time? I was like, how could you give uh, <laughs> Will Reichert a hard time, especially with what you saw Alabama kicking, what, what it was, you know, in the years before him to what it is now with, with him. I, you know, the, I, I don't think. That's like the last thing Alabama fans are thinking yeah. about when he steps up is that miss. Um, I mean that that you know that that was a bad miss, and <clears throat> if they make that that kick, I think you know Alabama probably wins the game because they they're able to kick off. It's more of a field for Tennessee mm-hmm. to to go up against. But I, I think actually you know when you look at that Tennessee game, they don't really look at Will Reichert. It's the Kool Aid interception that was called back, or the you know to me that the the biggest play of that game is a. Uh, Jameer Gibbs drops a little dump pass from yes. Bryce Young on that final drive. That's either a touchdown or they're driving down to the five, running down the clock, and then Will Reichert's making the 30-yarder. So um, I don't think Will Reichert will be an issue. He's been automatic. And, and the other thing, too, about all the special teams is now they have a punter. Um, and I think you're going to need the punt in this game. It's not going to be the shootout that it was last year. I think it's going to be more of a defensive struggle. And they've got a punter that's averaging, uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but James Burnham's averaging close to 50. It's like 48 point something yards a punt. Um, he's, he's hanging the ball up there to eliminate uh, returns most of the time. And um, he's been really good too. And j- he's been every bit of a good of a punter as uh, well record's been a kicker this season. So the Alabama special teams is maybe the best it's had it since Saban. You, you've kind of hinted at the pieces. You can kind of put them together before we get out of here. What's your prediction for this game? You said you think Alabama's going to win. You said you don't think it'll be a shootout like last year. If you don't want to give an exact score, you don't have to, but kind of how do you see this one playing out and who do you see coming out on top? Yeah, I'll go ahead and give an exact score. I'll go 26-21 Alabama. I think they're very similar teams. They both, like I said, have a pass rush. They both have inconsistent quarterbacks. Um, I think they're both teams that could they have some of the tools to develop into a contender, but aren't necessarily playing like a contender right now. The way I see it is they're even in so many areas that the redemption factor and the factor that it's in Brian Denny stadium, yeah. I'm just giving Alabama that edge. I do think Alabama has a little bit more talent as well, but it's a close matchup. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, Alabama can't really go in thinking it has any kind of advantage because 
this is not an Alabama team that can do that. You know, the second this Alabama team takes its foot off the gas, it's extremely susceptible to to, to anything. So um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I could see a bunch of different scenarios. I could see Alabama just coming out and being, you know, very inspired and maybe making this a little bit, I guess, more blown out than than what I'm giving it five points. But I, most of, you know, if you looked into the list of possibilities, I think most of them would have a very close game either way. Yeah, I think you hit on a really big point too. Tuscaloosa is where this game is this year. Tennessee has not played well on the road. Alabama fans obviously going to be fired up for this one. I think that can make a difference. My whole thing with the game is I agree. I think it'll be like a four to eight, four to 10 point game around a one possession. Maybe by the end, Alabama kicks a field goal and makes it a, a nine point game and it's a two possession win. I think Alabama wins. I'll give an exact score later this week when we do ours on volreport.com. What I've told people, too, around Knoxville that asked me is I kind of say, I think Alabama wins this game. I don't think it would be the craziest thing ever if Tennessee won to Tuscaloosa won, though. I, I don't think that it's that typical Tennessee-Alabama game on the road where Tennessee kind of doesn't stand a chance. I think Tennessee has a real fighting shot to win. But if I have to pick a side, I, I'm going to take Alabama in this one. But Tony, thank you for joining. Where can people find your work? Where can they read your stuff? And, and kind of where can they follow you on social medias? Yeah, our, our site's Tide Illustrated, or alabama.rivals.com. Rivals fans are, are pretty yeah. familiar with how that works. But you can follow follow us uh, at Tide Illustrated, or you can follow me at Tony underscore Sukalis on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, well, I will see you in Tuscaloosa in just a few days. We're going to be making the trip down. So I'll make sure to say hi, but guys, thank you so much for watching links to everything is going to be in the description and we'll see you next time.